Are you ready? I'm ready. Where do you want to begin? Let's begin with a fictional character, Archie Bunker. At Purple Noodle Marketing, we can find the perfect plan for you. Want to grow? Call us today at 612-208-2812 to speak to our cannabis growth specialist. Yeah, that means it's the 50th episode of the 17-Minute Podcast. I only do that crazy scream at the 5-0, the big 5-0. This is Alvin Chia. Get ready to enjoy yourself with LaFool and A. He's a fictional character, but did you ever see the Archie Bunker show back in the day? Yeah, religiously. Really? So then do you remember the opening theme song? Mm-hmm. Yes. I wanted to talk about the theme song. We were talking about cancel culture, and this is from way back then. I wrote this down roughly after that. The song starts off, I think he says, um, Boy, the way Glenn Miller played the songs that made the hit parade. In the beginning, they're talking on opposite ends, but in the end, they kind of come together. Mm-hmm. Guys like us, we had it made. Those were the days. That's the first few lines. That's pretty powerful. Glenn Miller band was very white bread. They took jazz, was very popular. And how jazz got popular was through the LGBT community and people of color blocks. They played it in the speakeasies and other places like that, in these underground clubs. And Glenn Miller made it very mainstream. He basically whitewashed it. There was a very straight group that played it. You know, it was very simple. And he brought it to the mainstream public. And that's how Archie Bunker even heard about jazz. Songs that made the hit parade, I think what she's referring to is the Harlem hit parade, which was the top hits that were coming out of Harlem at the time. So those are the two opposite extremes. He says, guys like us, we had it made. And that is exactly what Donald Trump was talking about. Well, you know, uh, I think... I read on Wikipedia commentating during the 2016 presidential campaign, someone had referred to Donald Trump as having secured the Archie Bunker vote. Yeah. The show was only on, I think, through, what, 1983, maybe? Started in 1971. So I think it did 12 years. And Archie Bunker was the bigoted voice of... (laughs) white middle-aged men on television. It didn't start out that way. Norman Lear was the writer-creator for that show, and he's well-known as a political activist, very into countering a lot of Christian right politics throughout his career. So I don't think that he intended for the character to become sort of the working class hero that Archie Bunker ultimately did. And I think that he intended to use Archie's voice to raise a lot of the issues that were swirling around there just as the 60s were ending and we were headed into the 70s coming out of war and political unrest and civil unrest. It's interesting how Archie Bunker can still represent the figment of some people's imaginations about America. Yeah. I thought for some reason the show ended in like 79 or so and that they redid it. I could be wrong, but that they redid it again, Archie Bunker's place. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you look at the arc of the character, I don't think it matters about the show names. I think it just matters that Archie Bunker was a thing from 1971 to 1983. Archie Bunker, the series, when it came out in the 70s, almost got canceled by, believe it or not, Richard Nixon. Nixon tried his best to get that show taken off the air. 
Why was that? He hated what it was talking about. Norman Lear was spot on in the beginning of the show. It showed this old mentality of America in Archie, and it was an ugly thing. Nixon watched the show religiously, and he hated it. And I've read some articles about how he wanted it off the air. We've got to get rid of that show. It's horrible. Makes us look bad. Right. He did his best to try to get rid of the show. I just wanted us just to talk about what this song was. The song kind of encapsulates a lot. This next line of it said, and you knew who you were then. Girls were girls and men were men. What does that come from? Everything Archie is talking about has to do with the roaring 20s and the 30s. And that's when I was like, wow, this is really interesting. There was a song, I think it's called Girls Are Girls and Men Are Men. Just really talking about how these people should act like men and not act like girls and that stuff. The one about pansy clubs? Yes. When they say the line, Andy knew who you were then, girls were girls and men were men. This is a stab at the pansy clubs. It's talking about gays in the 20s and early 30s, a liberal time in which gays and minorities were accepted. The pansy clubs were these clubs that you can go into and they were kind of like underground. Right. This song right here called Girls Are Girls and Men Are Men is making fun of all the pansy clubs. Edith kind of gets it, but Archie's like trying to poke fun of this. Another line says, we could really use a guy like Herbert Hoover again. Now, the funny part about that, Herbert Hoover was the president in 1929. He oversaw the Great Depression. It happened on his watch. He could have prevented it, but he didn't. And then it says, didn't need no welfare state, which is ironic because Herbert Hoover in the 20s has spent most of his time in Russia. Why was that? Handing out money to peasants so that they could have grain. He created the welfare state. He's the one that, that helped the Communist Party even survive. It would have collapsed unless Herbert Hoover to save the economy. So Archie hates our welfare state, but has no problem with the welfare state that Herbert Hoover established for Russia, which I think is just an irony in the song. Everybody pulls his weight. That was something that Herbert Hoover used to say back in the days. And my favorite, the last line says, GRO LaSalle ran great. That was a Cadillac style car and it had its heyday back in the 20s and 30s. But they went out of business. Those were the days. I just really enjoyed listening to that. I hadn't heard that since I was a little kid. The Archie Bunker. I think I may have seen it in syndication in my teens. My point for all that was even Richard Nixon tried to cancel the Archie Bunker show. We don't consider that cancel culture. But nevertheless, that's kind of what happened. A New York Times article from 1972 Can Archie Bunker give bigotry a bad name? This is a quote from Carol O'Connor, who played Archie, and I found it really interesting that he actually understood the character that he was playing. Carol O'Connor said, the American white man is trapped by his own cultural history. He doesn't know what to do about it. And this was in the early 70s that Carol O'Connor was talking about his character. And then he went on to say, Archie's dilemma is coping with a world that is changing in front of him. He doesn't know what to do except to lose his temper, mouth his poisons, look elsewhere to fix the blame for his own discomfort. He isn't a totally evil man. 
He's shrewd, but he won't get to the root of his problem because the root of his problem is himself, and he doesn't know it. That is the dilemma of Archie Bunker. And I like that quote because I feel like, what, 50 years later, this still applies in a lot of ways to a lot of people struggling with a lot of things. It's easy to hang that on the average white male in the world. But I think a lot of us are struggling with things and that the root of our problems are ourselves and we just don't know it and we don't want to deal with it. I think culturally, the character Archie Bunker is really fascinating for when you want to look at Americans and how we got to where we are today. Yeah, I think that Archie Bunker, even though it is a character, it's alive and well in a lot of America, in the conservative movement in America. Yeah, they do have that Archie Bunker dilemma, and it doesn't go away. As generations continue to advance, a new generation of Archie Bunkers are born. In this age of information, all those that were born before the internet are now the new Archie Bunkers, and they hate it. They want to be on the internet. They want to be part of that new community, but they want to bring those old mechanisms with them. You know, I can say what I want to, I can do this, I can do that, and you really can't. And before, you wouldn't say it to my face. Well, people no longer require to say it to your face. They can simply report you to the community, and they say, you know, you're banned on Facebook for 30 days. I've gotten banned a couple of times, but I've got a friend that was complaining today. He's like, I just got banned from Facebook. (laughs) Not surprised. It's interesting because there are a lot of things that I think people are starting to feel stifled by. And this is not just culturally or racially charged commentary. For instance, my best friend, we have a certain way of talking to one another. And I can't talk to her like that on Facebook. Because if I do, I'll get sent to Facebook jail for a couple of days. Because I might choose to use the word bitch and call her that friendly. Because that's how we talk to each other in person. I can't do that. So I'm constantly having to censor myself. And actually what ends up then happening is I don't even bother with Facebook anymore because I can't really be myself. I have to be sort of some, I don't know, some other version that's, you know, watching her words and trying to be respectful so I don't accidentally step on somebody's toes by calling my best friend a bitch. Probably somebody's toes that I don't even know. So I actually just stay quite far away from Facebook because it's no longer a mechanism to communicate or to share with people as I am. I hate to always think about Trump, but I'm reminded of Trump and all of this in the sense that back in his heyday, he could say whatever he wanted to with impunity. And it even went further. Do you remember the Central Park Five? Yeah. Trump took out full-page ads in four newspapers in New York, and that became his platform. Yep. Now the day has come when he can't even say that same hateful stuff on Twitter without getting kicked off. We just live in a different age. Like Trump can't take out full-page ads and say what he wants to say anymore. That doesn't happen. And that's the new age that we live in. It's the age of information. Because what he said then was an absolute lie. And it led to these guys not just getting ostracized and canceled, but going to prison. It set a tone in New York. And that's the same guy that turned around and said, hey, guess what? They stole the vote from me. 
<laughs> this this is the same guy. It's just those mechanisms don't work anymore. And um, I'm glad. I'm glad. I think that the world becomes a better place. I fall on the side of Bernie Sanders, who still says he doesn't think that Trump should have been lifetime banned from the platform, that there is a question of freedom of speech there. And I'll probably always fall on that side of that argument. I will never be comfortable when people's ability to say the most horrible things are removed. Again, we're talking about a guy that took out an ad in four New York newspapers and saying, basically, these kids are rapists. And that was very detrimental to the community and to those young men. I understand that. I totally understand like what happened there. Uh, I don't know. I have to go back to freedom of speech. I wish Bernie Sanders could be here to argue my point because I'm unable to do so. All I'm going to say is back then, Trump used that's freedom of speech. He's actually using the paper. So that's as freedom of speech as you get. Was it right? It was absolutely wrong and he got away with it. No, it abused the system. These days, that same thing isn't tolerated because we live in the age of information. Back then, he was rich, white, and running New York. He could say what he wanted to with impunity. That age doesn't exist anymore. And I'm saying, I'm glad. There's a lawyer, I don't know who it is, uh, man, that said something about, it's better that a thousand criminals escape than one innocent person be guilty. You know what I'm talking about? I've heard it, but I don't know the reference at all. I don't even know who to look it up under. There's something called the Blackstone's Ratio in law. And it says, it is better that 10 guilty persons escape than one innocent suffer. And it goes to an earlier one, which said the same thing, but it's better that a thousand innocent escape than one be guilty. But I apply Blackstone's ratio to it. You know, we've talked about this once before. I don't want to get into this again. Is Trump innocent? I don't think Trump is innocent. I think your concern is you don't want to see somebody who's truly innocent get ostracized to get cancel culture. I don't think Bernie was concerned with Trump in particular. And again, I haven't heard the whole interview. I'm going to have to go listen to it now. I am concerned when people that are innocent get hurt. However, I don't think that Trump is innocent. And I think Bernie's concern is not with Trump the individual, but with the overall arcing problem of the system being used to harm somebody. Even if it's somebody bad, I think he thinks it's better to let Trump go. We know he's guilty than to put in a system that's going to harm other people. So in that sense, I get it. But I don't think Trump is innocent. I don't think Harvey Weinstein is innocent. I think we talked about this before. You mentioned a guy that was like defending Harvey and they came down heavy on him. Oh, the Harvard lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. So. We can happily disagree on this one. I I have no problem with seeing Trump kicked off a platform, knowing his past, knowing he's used the media to harm others. I have no problem seeing him go. I don't want to see an innocent person be harmed, but somebody who's truly guilty of wrongdoing. There has to be consequences. There has to be accountability. That's the problem. I just think Trump is facing something that no one wants to talk about. It's called karma. Because karma is another. That's just my thought. We can talk more about this later. 
Let us not. Okay. Have an awesome day. Take care. Please like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash 17 minutes podcast. If you're enjoying this show, please share it with your friends and family. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the support of our sponsors. They're listed on our website and social media. Check them out. Have a blessed Sabbath. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for listening. The Big Five O. Thanks for coming. Thanks for being here. Stick around. More fun to come. Thanks for listening.